Let us pray. Prepare our hearts, O Lord, to receive your word. Silence in us any voice but your own, that hearing we may also obey your will through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Today is our final installment of our sermon series, Then Sings My Soul. Your bulletin indicates that our scripture this morning includes verses from both the first and last chapter of the book of Philippians. I got excited and wanted to read more than we have time for. Truth be told, it's worth reading the whole letter. It's only 104 verses. I love how Paul starts thanking God for the church, saying he holds us in his heart. And then Paul prays for us, and among other things, he prays that we would have insight to determine what really matters. So as we listen for that, a reading from Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Don't stress. Has anyone ever commanded that of you? commanded it of you when your cortisol was in fact flowing through your brain at high velocity? Don't you worry your pretty little head. Even worse, if you ask me, though I too grew up in the South. When I was struggling with infertility, I cannot tell you the amount of people who looked in my teary eyes and said, just stop stressing about it and I bet it will happen. Okay, right. Don't stress. Is that what you would command these brand new kindergartners or first year college students? How about a freshly diagnosed patient or a loved one three days sober? On the surface, it seems the Apostle Paul has some dubious advice. Do not be anxious about anything. And it keeps on going. Paul's letter to the church in Philippi ends with another command, rejoice. The verb is an imperative, rejoice, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. It's literally make joy, make joy always. This is surprising because Paul is writing this letter from a dingy prison in a town ruled by folks so concerned with profit and power 
that preaching anything that would threaten or question that could get you killed. And Paul outwardly wonders if he will get to go on living in his body, he says. And yet in this letter, even when speaking about his potential death, he is effusive. Paul uses the Greek words for joy and rejoicing 16 times in only 104 verses. Many scholars call Philippians the epistle of joy. But it's not a happy circumstance at all. And still the command overwhelmingly is to make joy, rejoice. Which gives us a clue that for people of faith, happiness and joy are not the same thing. The late scholar and preacher David Bartlett once wrote that the United States was founded to give people the right to pursue happiness. The gospel invites people to receive the gift of joy. I like the way Bartlett distinguishes those verbs. Joy is a gift because it can be ours no matter the circumstance, happy or unhappy because joy is tied to something deeper. It is tied to the goodness, grace, love, and life that we know in Jesus Christ. Paul says, rejoice in the Lord. Let your gentleness show in your treatment of all people, for the Lord is near. The Lord is near. The church has used this scripture in two places during the church year. Philippians chapter four is primarily read during the season of Advent, when we think about the Lord being near as in coming soon. We read it when we are counting down the days to God's love being made incarnate on Christmas and returning to make all things new. We rejoice that the Lord is near, that whatever it is we are enduring isn't how it will always be. The time is coming and soon when all is well and all will be made well. We also read this text during Pentecost when we celebrate God's spirit alighting on and in all kinds of different people. So the Lord is near as in the Lord is here. The Lord is close at hand. We rejoice because God has chosen and continues to choose to show up. The Lord is near to us right now, here, in the church, on this pew, in your neighbor. Rejoice in the Lord always, because the one we call Lord is always the one who comes in grace, and grace holds even when everything else cracks. Archbishop Desmond Tutu in the Book of Joy that he and the Dalai Lama co-wrote says this, discovering more joy does not, I'm sorry to say, save us from the inevitability of hardships and heartbreaks. In fact, we may cry more easily but we will laugh more easily too. 
Perhaps we are just more alive. Yet as we discover joy, we can face suffering in a way that ennobles rather than embitters. We have hardship without becoming hard. We have heartbreak without being broken. Do you know anyone who has struck that balance? Right before the pandemic hit, not long after we arrived here, Anne and John D. Wilson moved to Chapel Hill and joined UPC, a courageous feat after being members of First Pres Morganton for over a half a century. But since the church is the church, we weren't really strangers to each other. Decades ago, when I showed up down the hall at PCM as a first-year student, I met their daughter, Catherine. She had started at UNC two years prior and was an old Montreat friend of my brother. I can point out Anne and John Dee. They sit font side, three pillars back on the window side. They're watching at home today because Anne's recovering from shoulder surgery. I can point them out when they're here, but I can't introduce you to Catherine. Well, I'll have to wait for heaven for that. Catherine died of small, small cell lung cancer when she was 28 years old. Ollie Wagner, who many of you may remember, went to Morganton to help her hometown pastor, Donovan Drake, with Catherine's funeral. Donovan recently wrote an essay remembering Catherine, and with her parents' permission, I'd like to share a bit of it with you. He said, during the 1980s, girls playing soccer in Morganton wasn't a thought, so Catherine Wilson had a thought. She suited up and played with the boys. I'm not sure why I'm telling you that, except to say she was full of life. Catherine moved to UNC, and a few years later, I was called to Trinity Avenue Presbyterian Church in Durham. I could still sense the spark of her as I read a clipping in the News Herald about a dorm fire at UNC. The cause of the fire was a halogen lamp that had ignited the pajamas of one Catherine Wilson of Morganton. <laughs> I called her mom, Anne, to make certain that all was well after the fire, and all remained well until Catherine entered nursing school and developed a dry cough combined with severe back pain. That's when our prayers began, and they took different forms. Her father's prayer looked like shaving his head, her, his hair clean off to match his girl's baldness. Her mother's prayer took the form of a hymn book. It was blue back then. The story goes that Anne's phone was always by the bedside, and it rang once at 1 a.m. with Catherine telling her mom that she couldn't sleep. So Anne pulled out the hymnal and sang. Hymn after hymn, night after night. Mom, Catherine said, I think you're trying to turn me into a religious fanatic. But Catherine slept. I don't know about Anne, Donovan wrote. There may be moms in this world 
who need a religious fanatic to sing to them sometimes too. It may be why some choose the hope of a hard pew. I told Anne that I would be singing to her today. I would be singing an ode to joy, actually. A poem written in 1785 that Beethoven loved so much that he wrote it as the fourth movement of his ninth symphony. We know it now as joyful, joyful, we adore thee. And I pray that you will sing it with every bit of joy that you can access. Sing joy directly into the teary eyes of John and Anne, or others who may sit on the pulpit side, those whose names and stories you don't know yet. For sing we must. It is what really matters. And it is an imperative for us all. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice.